Mia, when we were there, of how little I think we really do understand about the anointing. And I know it can be a difficult um, it can be a difficult subject to navigate because there are so many people that say so many things about the anointing and about how the anointing works and what the anointing is. But here's what you here's 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 what I want us to understand because I think it's extremely important that we that we get this. The anointing is nothing more than God's spirit. When you think about the anointing, the way you have to think about the anointing is the anointing is the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost working in the life of us as believers. And there are different ways that he works in our life. And so I, I, want, us to, uh, I want us to talk about this because <clears throat> the, the, very first, the very first subject that I studied when I got born again was the subject of the anointing. Uh, Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called um, Understanding the Anointing. And I thought, it was a, I thought it was a great book. I remember when I first read it, Man, I was so enthralled in that book, Understanding the Anointing. I, I, I read that book cover to cover several times. I, 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 uh, I tore up several copies of that book just reading it. And, but here's, here's the thing about the subject of the anointing is that I'm, I can get up here and talk about it, and I can get up here and preach on it, but the, the, the very nature of the anointing is that we need to allow the anointing to be made manifested. I mean, you can hear a hundred, you can hear a hundred messages, you can hear a million messages on the anointing. If you don't get over in the spirit and allow the anointing to work, then none of that really, none of that really means anything. And I think that's where the church has gotten it wrong. I think we, we go into studying these subjects like we go to studying arithmetic or science or history or something, something along those lines. We don't understand that when, when it comes to the things of God and things about the nature of God and the character of God and the things of God, those things, we, we, can't, we, can't, uh, we can't enter into studying those things and pursuing those things um, with our intellect. Now, listen, it, it, you're, going, you're going to have to reach a place of mental ascent, definitely. But to really understand the anointing and how the anointing works and to tap into the resources and to the power that is offered to the church by the anointing of God, you have to do more than just study the sub subject. You have to do more than just reach a place of mental ascent. There's something, there's something altogether different that has to happen. And I don't know, I guess um, over the years I've, I've noticed that there are a lot of people within the church, within the body of Christ, that they don't really know how to tap into that flow of the Spirit. I mean, I've, I've sat in the same meeting with, with uh, uh, I've sat in meetings with people that uh, were born again believers. They were Christians. During worship, they lifted their hands like I lifted my hands. They, they, they sang in tongues like I sang in tongues. They closed their eyes when I closed, you know, like I closed my eyes. Uh, when the word was preached, they opened their Bible like I opened my Bible. They said amen like I said amen. But when we left the same meeting, we were in the same meeting. And when we left the meeting, I left different than what they left. Go ahead, it affected me in a different way than what it affected them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, any, of you, yeah. any of you ever been to a meeting and you went to a meeting and you went with the same people and they left the same as they came, but you left changed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what the difference, you know what the difference always is? When, when you come away changed, it's always because you tapped into the anointing and you tapped into the flow of the spirit that was going. And, and here's the thing. I think we think that, um, that we can't always tap into that flow. But you know what? God expects us to always tap into that flow. Oh, 
Because that's where the answer is. Amen. That's, that's where the answer is. The answer is in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Y'all know that. I mean, I, I talk to y'all about that regular. But again, I think we get this in our heads. There's something that's got to begin to happen in your spirit. You say, so Pastor Zig, how do we do that? How do we ensure that we get in that flow? You do whatever it takes. You do. Now, let me, let me explain something to you. You're not going to do it by, you're not going to get in the flow of the spirit by going through carnal exercises, but there might be something required of you in the natural to tap into that flow. I mean, I'm saying this, and some of y'all don't really understand that, and I'm gonna, I'm trying to help you here, and then I'm going to open up this 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 book. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about what the Bible has to say about this. <clears throat> Sometimes to lean, you ever hear anybody say "lean into the spirit," lean into the spirit, right? You ever hear you ever hear anybody say that? Now, some people are like, how do you do that? Well, you know what? Um, sometimes the way you lean into the spirit is by taking your backside from off the back of your chair, sitting at the edge of your chair and leaning forward. You say, wait a minute, that's a physical act. Yeah, it's a physical act because sometimes we have to go through physical acts to trigger something in our spirit. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? Some people say, well, that's not required. Well, you know what? Sometimes it is required. If, if you're not getting in there any other way, then you've got to do whatever it takes to trigger whatever's in you to get you out of the flesh and into the spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm tuning to hear what the spirit has to say, and I'm having trouble. So you know what I'll do? I'll go like this. Now you say, well, wait a minute. You don't hear God with your physical ear. I know I don't hear God with my physical ear, but there's something about that action that, that triggers something in me and in my spirit that says, I'm, I'm tuning in to hear, Lord. You, you're, I'm here, God, and I'm trying to hear what you have to say. Sometimes y'all will see me up here and I'll be like this, like I'm trying to hear, I'm trying to listen. That's what I'm trying to do. I ain't trying to listen with my natural ear. I'm trying to tune in with my spiritual ear. And I don't care how ridiculous it looks when I do that. I'm going to do whatever it takes to tap into that. Now, see, we, we've got to be willing as God's people to do what it takes to get us over into that flow. And so as you're hearing this today, you've got to do two things. You've got to hear, you know, the, the instruction, but then you've got to do, you, there, there's some corresponding action. There's something that you have to do uh, in your heart, in your spirit that might require some kind of natural action uh, in, in, you, in you physically in order to tap into that flow. And so whatever that is, you got to do it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you just sit here and listen to me talk about the anointing, it'll be no different than any other time you've ever heard me talk about it. And you may not leave here changed, not one bit, not empowered, not one, one you, won't, you won't receive not one more, uh, not one more measure of, of power as a result of it. But if you'll hear it and you'll, t and you'll tune in and you'll tap into that flow, you can leave out of here transform. Amen. You can leave out of here not, I mean, transformed, transformed. So Ezekiel chapter, what did I tell you? Chapter 36, Ezekiel chapter 36. So the anointing, the anointing is God's spirit working in, um, in the life of the believer, working in the life of an individual. And so Ezekiel prophesied, um, and we, we, let me, how do I, how do I, uh, let me, let me set this up. 
we, we've talked about how there are two different operations of the Spirit in the life of the believer. The working of God's Spirit within the believer and the working of God's Spirit upon a believer. In other words, God's Spirit, the Bible talks about God's Spirit coming inside of a man. And us becoming the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, we, we know when that happens, when we're born again. Isn't that right? When we're born again, God's Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Is that right? Say this with me. Say, when we get born again, God's Spirit comes to live on the inside of me. Now, let me tell you something. He doesn't move out when you sin. He doesn't move out when you may. You know what? When you, go, when you got saved and then you went to the bar, you know who went to the bar with you? The Holy Ghost. When you jumped into bed with someone that wasn't your husband or wasn't your wife or that you weren't married to, guess who got in that bed with you? The Holy Ghost. When you put that drink to your lips, do you know, uh, amen. Now, see, some people are like, well, that, that, ain't, that ain't the way I felt about it. Doesn't matter how you felt about it. It's the truth. You became the temple of the Holy Ghost. You say, yeah, but how could the Spirit of God live in a, live in a, a temple that was um, impure? Well, because your purity don't come from what you do. Your purity don't come from your sinlessness. Your purity and your righteousness comes from him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So you've got to get rid of this idea that sometimes God's spirit is within you and sometimes he's not. Once God's spirit came to live on the inside of you, he came to make his home in you and he is there. He is one with your spirit. That's what makes you the children of God. Amen. So say this with me. Say, when I got born again, God's Spirit came to live on the inside of me, and He hasn't moved out. Now, whether you're aware of the fact that He's there or not, He's there. Now, when were you the most aware of the fact when He was there? Well, when He moved in. Because when He moved in, stuff moved out. When he moved in, some stuff moved out. Glory to God. Guess what? Guess what? In the same way when he moved in, stuff moved out. He can manifest himself in a way in you that causes stuff to be moved out even today. Are y'all hearing me today? In other words, you know, we, uh, that transformation that took place in us when we got born again, that wasn't something that God intended to be a one-time thing. God intended for us to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Amen. That's, that's why, that's why the book of Romans. Now that book of Romans was written, uh, to people that, uh, were, you know, people that were believers. And look what it says. It said, uh, Romans chapter 12, and y'all know this scripture, Romans chapter 12 says, um, that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And then it says this, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Amen. Be transformed. Amen. Say, be transformed. So we, we can be transformed, um, even after we've been born again, we can be transformed regularly as we renew our minds and as we discover what God's word says and God's word works uh, in uh, tandem with his spirit to bring about change in the lives of people. Listen, folks, you got to quit getting this idea that God has abandoned you. 
Y'all need to quit getting mad at God for your stupidity. You know what I'm saying? People are like, I'm angry with God. I'm, you angry with God because he sent his son Jesus to die for you. How dumb can you get and still breathe? That's all he ever did. He never did. He never did nothing bad. All he did was send his son to die for you so you could be reconciled unto him. And you angry? Well, he wasn't, he wasn't there when he wasn't there in the Sandy Hook shooting. No, he was there. He was there. Well, why didn't he do nothing about it? Well, you, you kicked him out. You wouldn't let him. Come on now, you, you create, it's, it's our nation that's created a mindset that's allowed all this foolishness to go on. And the church by and large has let it happen. Amen. Come on now. Oh, glory to God. There's some of you sitting in here, you're born again believers, you're Christians, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you allow ungodly ideas to rob you of God's best in your life. And you know good and well this stuff don't line up with scripture that you, that you want to push. Go ahead, man. Amen. Thank God. Well, glory to God. Let's get back to this scriptures. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's, church, it's important. It's important that we don't add a little bit of us, uh, try to add a little bit of us to, to, to the word of God. God's word is clear. God is still standing in the same place he's always stood. God has not bent. He has not bowed. He has not moved. He said what he said. He meant what he said. There's nothing, there's nothing ambiguous about it. It's clear. It's truth. If we walk according to that truth, we can live in freedom. So he said, well, you know, that truth make me feel bad. Get over it. Suck it up, buttercup. That truth made me that truth made me feel bad too but that don't change the fact that it's the truth glory amen thank you jesus <laughs> well praise the lord so god's spirit comes to live on the inside of us when we're born again but then there's another experience that we have with the with the holy ghost it's when god's spirit comes upon us in holy ghost baptism so God's spirit comes to live in us when we get born again. But then when we're Holy Ghost baptized, say, say baptized in the spirit. Baptism. That baptism in the spirit, what does baptism mean? Baptism means to be immersed. Immersed. Baptism is immersion in the spirit. You know, when people get baptized in water, they're immersed in water. When people are baptized in the spirit, then they're immersed in the spirit. They say, well, some people say, well, what's the difference? Well, you know what? If... <laughs> If, 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 you're, if, you're, uh, if you die, someone here dies and we have to give you CPR, if they breathe upon you, it's not going to do anything to bring breath within you. When, so, so when you open up somebody's mouth and you put your lips to their lips and you start breathing into their mouth... Your breath is not going upon them. Your breath, there's a difference. Your breath is going in them. Now, that's breathing upon somebody. <clears throat> now, they, they, both, they, they both have their, you know, their, think, think about it. Breathing into somebody's lungs who has died trying to give them CPR has a different effect than breathing upon them. Now, both of them, both of them uh, can have benefits. <laughs> 
If, if Annie one time was walking along there at the uh, fair, it was uh, 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 really hot outside. She doesn't do good with heat. She started to get kind of woozy, and we was like, <sighs> we was trying to breathe upon her and get her some air. You know, you that can cool you off, make you feel a little better for a minute. You know, cool you off. Now, someone who's died breathing in their lungs can bring life into them. But there's a difference of within a same thing. The spirit upon you isn't the same as the spirit. It's the same spirit, but it's a different function, different operation. There's a different reason for why he's upon you than why he's within you. Are y'all hearing me today? So you've, you've got to, you've got to differentiate. So you some say this, well, which one is the anointing? They're both the anointing. They're both the anointing. You know why? Because it's both God's spirit. God's spirit is both working in you and upon you. Jasmine, where, Jasmine was in here a second ago. She, she bounced. <clears throat> Jasmine had a question uh, during koinonia. It's a good question. She said, how do we get the anointing to come upon us? I'm, I've got a great answer. If you'll follow the anointing within you, the anointing will come upon you in the process of you following the anointing that's in you. The most important thing that has ever happened to you as believer, as a believer, is God's spirit coming to live on the inside of you when you got born again. That's when you, that's when you were anointed. Amen. You got anointed when God's spirit came to live on the inside. Some, some people are like, I want to be anointed. You already anointed. You got, you got, the minute you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and God's spirit came to live on the inside of you, God anointed you. Well, you know what? I just don't, I, I, I just kind of feel like I ought to feel the anointing. Yeah, you can feel the anointing, but it don't matter whether you feel it or not. The anointing is in you. God's spirit is in you. Now let's read in the book of Ezekiel chapter 36. This is Ezekiel prophesying and talking about when God's spirit would come to live on the inside of individuals. And it's, this is very revealing. It's, it's important that you hear this because this reveals the reason why God's spirit came to live on the inside of us. Verse 28, it says, or not 28, verse 23, he says, and I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Amen. Do you hear what he's saying? Do you hear what he's saying? If you, do you all understand this? You know what? Can you put another version up? Can you put a, the English standard version up of that? Verse right there, verse 23. Is it easily switchable? And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned, profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. Oh, see that? That gave it a different meaning, didn't it? Y'all see it now? So here's what the Lord was saying to them. I'm, you gave me a bad name. But I'm about to restore my name. And I'm going to do it through the very people that jacked it up. Right. Glory to God. Now look, now look how he does it. Oh, next verse. Look how he does it. I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the countries, bring you into your own land, prophesying about Israel. Next verse. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Now, when the Bible talks about water, uh, uh, it's symbolic. 
What is water typically symbolic of? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So he says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. This is, this is how he's going to vindicate his name. This is how he's going to restore his reputation. This is how he's going to fix what we broke. This is how he's going to take and he's going to shine his life. He says, this, I'm going to sprinkle clean water upon you. In other words, I'm going to put my spirit on you and you'll be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. Next verse. And I will give you a new heart. If any man be in Christ, he is a? If any man be in Christ, he is a? So a new heart. What it, when the Bible talks about heart, what it, when it talks about the heart of a man, it's not talking about the muscle that pumps blood in his chest. It's talking about a man's spirit. And so God says, I'm going to give you a, a brand new spirit. You're going to get a new human spirit. In other words, you're going to be born again. A new spirit. Will I, a, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. Now you say, does, it, does that mean the human spirit? No, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Next verse, or not next verse, I'm sorry. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Next verse. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules. This is how he said, this, listen, this is how God said that he would vindicate his name. That had been profane. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I know we're living in New Testament times, but the name of the Lord uh, has been profaned in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in our generation, because there's been a departure from understanding the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of an individual. See, what we don't understand is that it's not the fact that we call ourselves Christians and that we go to church that causes, uh, that causes the, uh, the light of Christ and the name of Jesus to be elevated and exalted and for God to be glorified. It's not, a, look, we got, a, we got an outreach coming up here at the church. Uh, we, we, we have outreaches every summer. Do you know it's, it's, it's not in human. God, God never called us to be a church that just did humanitarian stuff. It's always been God's intention that Winner's Church be a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. You know what that means? That means that we're not, going to, we're not going to give away backpacks because there's a need in this neighborhood uh, because children in this neighborhood have a need for backpacks. I'm giving away backpacks because it's my hope that from these backpacks, we'll draw a crowd and we'll be able to uh, influence them by the power of God's spirit that's in us. It's not backpacks that are going to change nobody. Fall festival. It's not candy that's going to change anybody. It's the spirit of God living on the inside. It's God rising up out of us, through us, in us to, to, to allow his name to be lifted up. Amen. 
And look, look how his name gets lifted up. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You know what happens when you follow the leading of the spirit? You don't say and do stupid stuff. All of a sudden, you start to live for him and love him and serve him. Amen. All of a sudden, everything you do, you don't do for your own pleasure, but you do for his pleasure. And you're glad to do it. Amen. If he says cut your hair, you're glad to cut your hair. If he says stay away from that bozo, you're happy to stay away from that bozo. Amen. Listen, if God's spirit's really living in you and you're following the anointing that's in you, then when God, then when God asks you to do, you don't feel gypped. You don't feel ripped off. You don't feel like somehow or another you're missing out on life because you're having to do what God told you. That's not how it works. When God's spirit is in you and you understand what's happening and you're yielded to God's spirit within you, you will with joy and thanksgiving follow the leading of the spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say it don't hurt. I'm not going to say it sometimes it doesn't, uh, it doesn't rub you the wrong way. But there's something on the inside of you that says, yes, Lord, amen. Praise God. And so this is Ezekiel prophesying about when a man is born again. So when God's spirit comes to live on the inside of us, the anointing of God comes in us. And the anointing of God coming in us comes in us for this purpose, to cause us to walk in his statutes statutes, and be careful to obey his rules. Now, you know what some people that preach on grace will say? There are no rules. That's legal. That's binding. There's, that is, that is, uh, um, that right there is legalistic. That's why God, that, they'll say this. That's why a lot of people aren't serving the Lord. That's why a lot of people don't want to come to church because we, we, we tie them to a set of rules. We're not under the law. We're not under rules. Really? Well, heck, we might as well not even have a church then. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. There are rules. But when you live by the Spirit, when you live by the Spirit, how am I going to say this? When you live by the Spirit, You're not looking at the set of rules trying to do them. You're living by the Spirit, and as you live by the Spirit, you just automatically do the rules. It's not a burden. It's not a, you're not, you're not trying to measure up. You're just following the leading of the Spirit. You're just walking after the Spirit. And as you walk after the Spirit, amen. That, that, can you imagine being in a marriage? And the way that you went about that marriage is you, there were a set of rules. And you had, to, you had to look over those rules and remind yourself every day what the rules of your marriage were. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be miserable if every morning I woke up and Annie had left me a set of rules that I had to follow every day uh, in order to be in a relationship with her? Hey, here's the rules. Read over them. I'm right here. I'm going to wait till you're done. Let you read them. I want to make sure that you're really reading them. I want you to remember what's required of you. Thou shalt not talk to another woman. Thou shalt take out the trash. 
Thou shalt not leave thy underwear in the middle of the floor. Thou shalt replace the toilet paper roll when it's empty. Thou shalt put the, yeah, thou shalt put the seat down. After you're done, use the, use the toilet. <laughs> you know, that, here's the thing. We all, we all know, listen, I know that to be married to this woman, there are certain things that I'm going to have to comply with if we're going to stay married. I'm going to have to be faithful to her. Now, you know what? Here's the thing. You can either see that as a positive or a negative. You know, you know what's dependent on whether you see that as a positive or a negative? Whatever's in your heart. Because there's some men that look at having a... Uh, we used to watch a show that was on um, history or something, Discovery or... Anyway, uh, I, I was a big, big-time Kiss fan back in the day. And Gene Simmons had a... Uh, bass player Kiss had a reality show. It's called Gene Simmons Family Jewels. So we would, we would watch that. And, and when we watched it, um, you, could you could tell. He, listen, he, would, he was, listen, he was a charmer. That dude, he was, he's living with this woman, lived with her for, had two kids with her, lived with her for years and years and years and years, wouldn't marry her. Why won't you, why won't you marry her? Marriage ruins relationships. Because the minute you get married, all of a sudden you're expected to have to live by a set of rules. Now, here's the, that's, you know what? When you go into marriage that way, you in trouble from the onset. You in trouble. Because the reason you ought to get married is because you chose to love somebody. And because they choose to love. When it's, when it's based on, you know, that you got to follow a set of rules and this and that and the other. You, you already hitting it from a wrong perspective. You know what? We didn't go through no set of rules before we got, before we got married. We were like, okay, this is the rules. <laughs> there weren't any rules. We, it was like, Lord told me you're my wife. Well, Lord told me you're my husband. Well, I reckon it'll work. Let's go. When we, when we, hit, when we hit troubles, when we hit difficulties, it wasn't like, well, we must be incompatible. No, we must be doing something wrong. Because God put us together. And what God has... See, we... I don't know about y'all, but I base my life on the Word of God. And my Bible says that what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Not that... You know what? That doesn't, doesn't just include other men or other people. That includes me and her. If God put us together, then who are we to try to dissolve the covenant? Well, glory to God. And so, but, but here's the thing. You know what? I wasn't, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a thing of, of uh, it was a drudgery. It wasn't a drudgery. I got, to, I got to be with this woman. I mean, I married up. And, yeah, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to me. <clears throat> but just, the, just in, in living, y'all understand what I'm talking about? Um, I don't, listen, I don't hang out with y'all and choose to hang out with y'all based on, I didn't, I didn't give y'all a set of rules. Hey, if we're going to be friends, this is the rules you got to follow. 
I roll with the punches. Sometimes y'all do stuff to me, and sometimes I say stuff makes y'all mad. Amen. You know what? Uh, I'm cool with that. I understand that. I understand sometimes you're not going to be happy with me. And I ho- hopefully sometimes y'all and understand that there may be times I'm not happy with you. But I'm hoping that we've chosen to love one another and to, and to work out all that we have going. You understand? But, but see, that's the thing. It's not based on a set of you don't have to come here. You don't have to be at Winner's Church. You don't have to be here. You can be anywhere you want to. You don't have to have a friendship or a relationship with me. You don't, I don't have to be your pastor. I don't have to be your prophet. I don't have to be your apostle. I don't have to be nothing. Now, if that be the will of God, then we're just going, we're just going to tuck in. We're going to press in. We're going to figure out what it is that I glean from you, what it is that you glean from me for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So, you know, as we hang out with one another, we, fig- we figure it out. We figure it out. My son came and we was talking one day in the car and he says, Dad, I figured out how to talk to you without triggering you. He says, I know... I know, he says, I know what kind of words to stay away from, what kind of things to say. He says, I've I've figured it out, Dad. I figured out how to word things that we get. See, what he doesn't understand is that's respect. That's respect. You ought to learn how to talk to one another. You know what? Y'all need to quit being mean to one another. Y'all need to quit talking mean to one another, texting mean to one another, get, throwing attitude and shade at one another. There's no place. But listen, that don't help. That don't help nothing. My, my son's 17 years old. He's like, Dad, I figured, I figured out how to, how to talk to you without triggering you. He said, and it works out pretty good. I, I, I thought he thought I would be like, oh, yeah, you think you're smart? Well, yeah, thank God he's smart enough to, thank God he's smart enough to navigate the waters that he's not going to step on landmines that are going to blow him up. Yeah, say it in a way that you know I'm going to be happy about it. Don't say it in a way that you know is going to cause me to go off and ground you for three months. Well, I just tell it like it is. Yeah, that's why you always alone. That's why you can't find no church to go to. There's no good churches. There's no, why? Because there's nobody to put up with you? That means, there, that means there's no good churches because nobody wants to be abused by you. <laughs> but see, this, we got we to take those lessons. The way you are with your wife, the way I am, that's the, that's the way I'm in my relationship with God. I'm not trying to live by no set of rules. I'm not looking at the Bible saying, man, what did I do wrong? Where did I miss it? Where did I? No, man, I'm just trying to live for Jesus. I'm just trying to love him and to serve him. And if I, if I, if I, get, a, if I get a cross look, if I feel like I'm getting a cross look from the Lord, like the Lord's looking at me sideways saying, boy, what are you doing? I'm just trying, like, I'm just trying to readjust. You know, I'm trying to like, over here. I mean, just like I would with him. There have been times I walked into a room and I sat down and he looked at me like, I stood back up on huh? 
She's like, I'm figuring it out. I just want to be with her. Amen. I want to be with, how many of y'all want to be with him? Listen, when you got with him, he made things, amen. Glory to, all of a sudden, nobody liked you, and pretty soon, Jesus got with you, and everybody started embracing you. Praise God. All of a sudden, doors began to open. Freedom began to come. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So this is not, this, this is not legalistic. It's just when you, when you walk after the Spirit, you'll, watch, you'll, you'll do the statutes and the, the commands of the Lord. All right. Uh, John, chapter, John chapter 14. Talking about God's Spirit in us. Jesus talked about it. John chapter 14, and I realize that you guys have heard these scriptures before, but I'm trying to make this more clear. Again, like I said, on, I feel like on Wednesday during the Koinonia, I don't think that there were uh, people that really completely understood these things. So the anointing is in you. Say the anointing's in me. Anointing's in you. Now, why is the anointing in you? Because God's Spirit is in you. Because the anointing... And the Holy Ghost are, are the same thing. Amen. All right. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just trying to make sure you're getting it. John chapter 14, verse uh, 16, Jesus says this, and I will pray the Father. You know what? Uh, let's, let's look at it in the in English standard. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Now, I want you to notice something. I like the way English Standard Version did this. They capitalized helper. So Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father. So Jesus is in this equation. The Father's in this equation. And then there's a helper, capital H, in the equation. So Jesus says another helper. Well, who was their helper up until then? Jesus was. And so Jesus said, I'm going to pray to God the Father, and he's going, you know what, uh, people that are oneness, I don't know how they resolve this. I don't know how they, I don't know how people that are oneness resolve that verse of scripture. Jesus saying, I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to send you another helper. In other words, not me, because I'm helping you now, but another helper. That don't mean the same per that means another helper, another one, one different from myself. And so uh, to be with you forever. Next verse, even the spirit of truth. So it talks about who that helper is, the spirit of truth. Say the Holy Spirit, the Holy spirit. is the spirit, of truth. the spirit of truth. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, nor know him. You know him, for he dwells with you. And how did he dwell with them? In the person of Jesus. Jesus had to say this with me. Jesus had the spirit without measure. Jesus had the spirit without measure. So he was dwelling with them in the person of Jesus, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Next verse. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Amen. So God's spirit, Jesus said his spirit would be in us. Amen. His spirit would be in us. Now, go to the book of 1 John. 
1 John chapter 2. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, it says this. But, amen. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. Verse 27. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you, you, have no need, you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Amen. So you have an anointing. Amen. That anointing is in you. That anointing teaches you. Teaches you what? Teaches you how to abide in him. You know, when, when Benny Hinn talked about uh, the three levels of anointing, he talked about the abiding anointing. That's where he gets that. Now, I haven't read the book, but that's where he gets that from. This is the abiding anointing. The anointing in you is that abiding anointing. That, that anointing, the anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie. Just as it is taught you, abide in him. That anointing... That, if you want to call it an abiding anointing, you can call it anything you want. I call it the spirit within. But that anointing that is in you, that's where you need to live. You need to live in communion with and in fellowship with the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. That, that, that anointing that's in you will cause you to walk in the statutes of God to keep his judgments and do them. Do you know, you know, the anointing that we're most attracted to, though, is the anointing that comes upon somebody. Now, here's the thing. Do you know that in the Old Testament, no one had the spirit of God living in them? Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jay, all the, all the, all the, all them, none of them, uh, David, Samuel, Solomon, huh? Samson, none, none, God's spirit wasn't on the inside of any of those people. In fact, when you look in the Old Testament, I was just, I just did a search real quick in the Old Testament, um, and I, I, I did a search in the, uh, what's that Bible called that we use? No, the Bible that we use on our iPad. Bible app. Thank you. Say, so, yeah, yeah, happy birthday to you. <laughs> so I did a search on the Bible app. I said, I, I, here's a search. Spirit came upon. Man, do you know there are hundreds of, hundreds of verses? Look, I, and I'll just read some of them. And the Spirit of God came upon Az, Azria, Second Chronicles, First uh, Samuel. And the Spirit of God came upon Saul. First Samuel, and when they came thither, behold, a company of prophets came. The Spirit of God came upon him. Uh, Numbers 24, and Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in, his, in the tents according to his right. And the Spirit of God came upon him. First Chronicles, and the Spirit of God came upon uh, Amasai. So, I mean, you can go with it. The Spirit of God came on David. The Spirit of God came on Samuel. 
The Spirit of God came upon Zechariah. The Spirit of God came upon this one and that one and the other. The Spirit of God came upon those people. In other words, they were anointed. But the anointing that they received was the anointing upon. So God's Spirit would come upon them. And when God's Spirit came upon them, do you know why God's Spirit came upon them? He came upon them for work. Now, go to, go to uh, Acts chapter 1. Are y'all, are y'all with me? Yes. So God, we, we've already established God's Spirit in us is when we get born again. As New Testament believers, God's Spirit comes upon us in Holy Ghost baptism when we're immersed in the Spirit. So now in the Old Testament, you say, so were they baptized in the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament? Well, in a, in a sense, yes, they were immersed in the Spirit. They were immersed in, when the spirit of God would come upon them, they were immersed in the spirit. There's one scripture. I wish I could remember where it was. I I did a word study on it and it was talking about Elisha and how the spirit of the Lord came upon, no, Elijah, how the spirit of the Lord came on Elijah. And when you looked at the literal translation of that verse, it was like that, um, that Elijah was stepped into the spirit like a coat. When the spirit came upon him, it was like the putting on of a coat. Like he was, he was immersed in the spirit. And so that's, that's what the anointing or God's spirit coming upon us in Holy Ghost baptism is. It's when God's spirit comes upon us. So Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Let's read what it says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, has come upon you. You will receive power. Now, someone, does someone have a, a Bible that you can look up the, the, the Greek word for that word power? Look, look it up. Tell me what it is. I, I think we know what it is. <laughs> dunamis. Dunamis. So you shall receive power or dunamis. Now, what is that? What, is that? what does that mean, dunamis? Well, that, that word dunamis... Greek word dunamis is the same word used for dynamite. It's explosive, demonstrative. Uh, it is, it is a, a show or a demonstration of force, of power. So you'll receive power or an ability to demonstrate with an explosiveness the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, for what purpose? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Amen. So God's Spirit upon us comes upon us to demonstrate uh, in order to be witnesses of what he's done in us. So here's, here's what I want to say about this. Glory to God. Now, you see, y'all have been writing, and y'all are in the, in the uh, uh, student mode, and uh, you're at your desk and you're, you're doing good. But none of these things work until they become applied, until they, until they work in us. It's just words on a page until we start to allow them to work in us. So you know what? I, uh, this uh, past week... Um, was, was it this week, Jasmine, you used to do the healing room? This past Monday? 
So this past Monday, Jasmine did healing room. Now, I believe that's the first time you did healing room. Isn't that right? First time you did healing room? So that's the first time Jasmine did healing room. I listened to it on Wednesday. I think I listened to it on Wednesday. And I, I, was, I was doing some work. I put, I put it on. I was dr driving in the car, put it on, and Jasmine came on. Jasmine's on there, and she's talking, and she's sharing the word of God and talking about healing, and, and you know that's what healing room's about. Well, you know what? When Jasmine gets up there and starts talking, there's an anointing that comes on her. You know, that anointing that comes upon an individual is very transformative. When the anointing comes upon anyone, they're not the same person that they were outside of the anointing. Well, what are we talking about now? The anointing upon. Right. Now listen, the anointing in you. When, it, when I got born again, the anointing in me was powerful and it was transformative. But it was transformative to me. No one really recognized the anointing within me. In fact, when my grandmother, when I told her I got born again, that God's spirit was living on the inside of me, I told her, I said, Grandma, I got saved. She goes, hmm. <laughs> it's a Puerto Rican thing, right? Did, you, did your grandma do that to you? Hmm. Huh. And it's like she, that's a whole language for Puerto Rican people, you know? Huh. I said, Grandma, I said, I got saved. She goes, hmm. Just save. Hmm. I said, I did, Grandma. I said, I gave my heart to Jesus. She was mad at me because I got home late from church. It, I mean, it was, it was that night, that Wednesday night, I got born again. I got home at 11 30, 12 o'clock, and she was mad. She's like, you know, asking me where I was at. And I was like, I was at church. I said, I got saved. She's like, saved. She goes, Chaggy, because that's what they used to call me, Shaggy. And for him, for her, it wasn't Shaggy, it was Chaggy. She goes, Chaggy. Someone messing with a lightsaber or something? <laughs> Leave your lightsabers at home. <laughs> anyway, she says, she says, uh, she said, Chagi, she said, Juno save. Juno save. I said, I am, Grandma, I'm saved. She said, Chagi, Juno save till everybody else said you save. When they say you save, then you save. In other words, there had to be evidence. There had to be evidence. You know, when I got born again, there wasn't any immediate evidence to the people around me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, they might have said, well, his countenance changed. I'm, I was smiling better. Or, you know, there was, I had a little bit of a shine. Well, you know what? Women, when they get pregnant, have a little bit of a shine. A men, when they, you know, when they win 10 bucks on the lotto, you know, they get a little bit of a shine. And then I, I, I saw Gil with a catfish picture. Oh, he was shining a little bit that day. I mean, he, you know. <laughs> there's, there's lots of things that could change. Yeah. <laughs> Carolyn's like, I, I can get you that shine. Get a little toner on you. But anyway, but, but when someone sees you, you don't appear any different. It's not like you radiate power all of a sudden. In fact, most of us, after we got born again, it took some persuading on our part to those that were around us that something had actually happened. In fact, most of us looked at us and thought, well, you know, uh, let me know when you give that up. 
Let me know when you get over that phase. Anybody, did anybody go through that? My dad looked at me and said, boy, it's a phase you're going through. I'm, I, I think I told you all this story. Uh, there, we went to an Ozzy Osbourne concert uh, back in the day. Uh, it was the Diary of a Madman tour. And Randy Rhodes was still alive. He was playing with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. And we didn't buy tickets. Uh, we were broke. We didn't have no money. I mean, it cost a whole $17 or $18 to get in. And we couldn't afford to get in. But uh, anyway, a bunch of us guys gave my brother some money. And he bought a ticket. He told us to wait by a door at the, at the Lloyd Noble. Wait by this door. I'm going to open it up. When I open it up, y'all run in. So... Uh, he, he went in with the ticket that he bought about 15 minutes later, that door flies open. I remember he told me, he said, straight up, he's telling me in Spanish, stand at this door, be the first one. He said, if you're, you'll probably be the only one get in. He says, don't be stupid and be in the back of this crowd. Stand right here and don't move. And when that door opens, run with everything that's in you run. And so I'm like, all right. And all these guys are standing around. What, what are y'all saying? Nothing. So he opened up that door, and man, when he opened up that door, I bolted. Security guards were grabbing at me. I was lanky like Gabe. Man, I just went to running. I'm, 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 they, they, they grabbed at my, my clothes. I'm, they're ripping my clothes. But I jumped, I, I jumped over. I jumped into the crowd, and by the time I got in there, 25 guys had scattered, and they went after everybody else, and, and I got in. Anyhow, so... And then we had some friends that had got front row seats. They had camped out for three days to get front row seats to Ozzy. But that's the way you had to do it back in the day. Nowadays, you got to wait online. And, but back in the day, you had to go to the venue or you had to go to the, where they sold tickets. And you literally had to camp out there. And they camped out for three days to get front row center at Ozzy Osbourne. Well, we knew these girls. They was nice to us. So, you know, they passed us their ticket stub and their cigarette pack. And we used their ticket stub to get on the floor. And we got front row center at Ozzy Osbourne front row center. Another friend of mine, he was front row center. And during the intermission, I can't remember who opened up. I was, uh, it was uh, Wendy O. Williams and the Plasmatics. Wendy O. Williams got up there. They booed her off stage. Anyhow, she, <laughs> poor lady. Well, you know, when you come out in a G-string and, and just electrical tape over your breasts, so Oklahoma's wild, but not that wild. So anyway, <laughs> you, come, and when you come out with a pentagram, yeah, everybody was like, get out of here. Cowboy boots was flying on stage. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, we, uh, during intermission, a friend of mine gets up and he says, man, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go get a T-shirt, but I don't want to get it afterwards. It's going to be too long of a line. I'm going to go get a T-shirt. He went to get his T-shirt. So he goes to get his T-shirt and he comes back. You know, he, it took him a while to come back. We, they were getting ready to dim the lights and he finally rolls up and he's got his t-shirt. I remember looking at him and thinking, dude, what is wrong? Because he had this look about him that was different than when he had left. It's just his countenance was a little different. And I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? He looked up at me, he says, he says, I think I just got saved. I said, dude, what are you talking about? He said, you know them people that was out there carrying crosses and stuff? I said, yeah. He said, when I was on the line getting a, getting a t-shirt, one of them came up to me and started talking to me about Jesus. He said, before I knew it, I was saying a prayer. He said, I think something happened to me. He said, I think something really, we, and we were, we were laughing at him. We was cussing at him. Someone, I think someone fired up a joint and said, Here, here's what you need. 
Well, you know what? He didn't know nothing. He just went to doing what he, but he was perplexed. Something had happened. The spirit of God came on the inside of him. Guess what? When the spirit of God came on the inside of him, didn't affect us at all. Didn't affect us at all. But when the spirit of God comes upon you, it's explosive. It's dunamis. Are y'all hearing me today? See, that's, that's why most of us, I hope this is working. I'm, I'm trying to get y'all to be hungry for something that many, many of you, you, di- you didn't understand. You know, when people teach on this, they, they teach on it and, it and it gets kind of lopsided in the ears of the people that are hearing it. Because when we talk about, I remember hearing people talk about the most important thing is God's spirit in you. Absolutely. That's true. But you know what? When God's spirit comes, up, when, when God's spirit comes in you and you follow the leading of God's spirit that is in you, then he will lead you to places where he will come upon you with dunamis power. So Jasmine, her question and Cornelia was, how do we get that a, a spirit upon us? By following the spirit in you, by walking in his statutes. One of the one of the reasons why I've done the way I've done in this church, and and I hope I hope people will understand this. There are some there are some churches, there are some places, and some people that, in order to get people plugged in and get people turned on to the things of God, they will put them to do things in the church. You know what? We're going we're going to have you teach. We're going to have you preach. We're going to have you pray for people. And they're like, let's get people in there because. You know, people will, uh, you know, we can get them to, to discover the anointing and discover the spirit of God and it'll help them. But many times what happens is people, because they're not following the spirit within them and they're not living in the ways of God, walking after his statutes to keep his judgments to do, because, because the spirit of God in them isn't leading them away from terrible stuff, these folks with terrible stuff in their life because they're not in any kind of personal intimate relationship with Jesus and following the spirit within them. They'll get over there and they'll find that God will anoint them while there's this pollution in their life. There are people that come from the, there are people in the church that come from the club every weekend and serve in leadership there are preachers. Now listen, I know y'all like, well, you can't be anointed and do that. You want to make a bet? You want to make a bet? In fact, you can be anointed while you're bilking thousands of dollars out of God's people. In fact, you could be using the anointing to do it. That, that's, and see, that's, that's, I think that's a lot of the reason why God's people have remained confused. Because people that know about the anointing and know that when, an anoint, when the anointing comes upon you, the anointing doesn't come upon you because you're holy. The anointing doesn't come upon you because you did right. Because you lived right. The anointing coming upon you in, in, in power doesn't come upon you because that's God's stamp of approval on your life. You know, do you know what it takes to be anointed for the anointing of God to come upon you? To be available. 
you could, you, could, you could be the most deviant, immoral, terrible person on planet earth and, if you, if, and, and play an instrument. If we get you up here with this worship team, you're going to get anointed. Doesn't care. I don't care how immoral, how deplorable, how terrible your life is. You come hang out with us, you're going to get under something you ain't never been under before. I mean, there's one old boy, when we started revival, Eric was paying some old boy to come up here. This fellow was, he's openly homosexual. And I didn't know this. I'd probably discouraged Eric from doing it. But um, Eric hired him. He, he came. He set up his stuff. That dude didn't even make it through the first service. By the end of the first service, the Spirit of God had come upon him, and he's like, I'm, I'm done. Eric hired him for the week. First service, he's packing his stuff up. Eric's like, oh, you don't have to pack it up. You can leave it here. He said, no, I ain't coming back. <laughs> Eric said, well, why not? I, you're obligated. I paid you. I paid you to come here. He said, I don't agree with what's going on here. No, no you don't. No, nothing in you agrees with what's going on here. But see, there's some people that have learned that they can be anointed and have what comes with the anointing. All that, you know, when, when you're under that anointing, all of a sudden there's an authority. All of a sudden there's a power. All of a sudden you speak not out of yourself and out of, out of your force, but out of the force of God. And there's something about that that's, 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 uh, that's attractive. It's powerful. It's amazing. And there's, and there's some people that they, they learn, they learn how to, they learn how to say, okay, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't feel good necessarily about what I'm doing, but I like this anointing. And I'm thinking this anointing might could get me something. Now I just heard, and, but I just heard this, uh, testimony of, of a man here in town here in Oklahoma City, that a gifted individual, anointed, anointed by the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit of God, <laughs> I'm going to say that, I'm just going to say this, out. I'm not going to tell you no names, but I've, I've always known with this individual, you know, you, know what I was wait, you know what I was waiting for with this individual? I was just waiting for, with this individual, I was just waiting for the day that it'd come on Facebook and he'd be marrying another man or something. Because it just seemed blatantly obvious to me that this guy was not straight. He was not straight. And he's, and he's preaching. And you know what? People are going and preaching for him. Y'all, y'all we got to get this... We've got to get this stuff straight. People are going and preaching for him, hanging out with him. When, I don't know if you realize this or not, but if, you're, if I, as, as your pastor, go to a church. I might go to a church where people are a little bit off. It's my hope that if I go there, if the Lord sent me there, that there'll be change. If there's no change and then people still flakier than a two-crust pie, I ain't going back. There's some places we're not going back to because we, we can't, we can't, we can't, uh, with our presence in us being there, uh, 
People get the idea that you stand behind what some of these folks are doing. You hang out with them too much. Now, some of you are like, well, Jesus hung around sinners. You had to get them changed. And he did. He didn't, he didn't hang around them because it was good for his, you know, for his ministry. But anyhow, this fellow, he's, I, I, we, I just kept waiting. I, I, I'd tell Annie, I'd say, you know what? I, I, you know, maybe, and again, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong. That's what I'd say. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think this guy, he's not straight. He's not straight. It's going to come out one day, probably. And waited and waited. It never did come out. But then I find out that this fellow, he came up under a bishop or under a person in, in, in his organization or within the, the structure of their church. I'm almost done, y'all. He came up under someone in this, within the structure of their church, and this person said, this person was anointed, gifted. This, was in a, this is in a pr predominantly black church. And you know what? I found, I found out that this happens a lot more in the black church than it does in other churches. Now, there are other things that happen in other churches, but this particular thing happens a lot in the black church. A lot of, lot of I, man, nearly every worship leader of every black church I went to was struggling with homosexuality. Neither, I'm nearly every one of them. Not even struggling with it. They were just blatantly, openly homosexual and didn't care. Enough, but they, they'd come and they were anointed. Well, they were, wee, 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 Boy, I get up there and preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, listen, I'd even get over there and start whooping. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, whooping. <laughs> and these people live in openly homosexual lives. My, my friend Russ traveled with me, struggled with homosexuality for years. One, one day he called me. He's like... You need to preach to these people up in here that I'm with. It was a Saturday night. You need to preach to these people up over here. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, I'm up over here with all these elders and deacons and worship leaders, and they're watching a video of you, and they're all shouting over here. I, say, I said, well, that's, that's good, ain't it? He said, not while everybody's drinking and they're all homosexual. He said, all the, and this was him, it wasn't me. He said, all these queens over here be thinking they're okay and this and that. This is what, this is what he said. I guess he could say it because he's. <laughs> but I mean, he was just going, he's going off. He's like, you need to preach to them. He had me on speakerphone. He's like, you need to preach to them. I'm like, preach to them. How about you? What are you doing there? Click. <laughs> they're at a party drinking. Drugging, up in a homosexual lifestyle, watching me preach. And talking about how, and talking about, come on now, preach. So any, anyhow, so this is a predominantly black church. So this, this particular preacher's bishop or overseer, whatever, he called, he, he, this this young man's serving under his ministry. And this man says, God sent you here to minister to my needs. And he's like, yes, sir. Well, first his needs was carry my briefcase, carry my Bible. You get to stay in my room today. 
And then it became, you have to meet my needs sexually. Listen, it don't just happen with gay people. It happens with straight people. Pastors and churches that are like, the Lord brought you to my church. You know, you know Paul Trokel told me this, and, and I believe it's true. He says, he says, at any time, he says, at any church, most churches, in most churches, he said, in most churches in America, if there are 50 people in that church, there are at least five women or men that are in that church that are willing to sleep with that pastor and believe that it's okay with God. In fact, believe they're doing the Lord a favor by doing it. He said he didn't used to believe it was true until he'd been around a bit. He said in a church of 500, there's 50. In a church of 5,000, there's 500. He said it just goes up exponentially the more people you have. He says, and if you have any of that in you, are y'all hearing me today? Well, I know some of y'all looking at me like, oh, you, you in the church? Yeah, where there are anointed people. Where you go and it's dun 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 dun. Ah! <laughs> See all that stuff we like? And that, here's the thing. I'm not I'm not saying we go against. I think we ought to, I think y'all ought to be having a couple of shouts. Every service. I think, we ought to, I think we ought to be having some praise breaks up in this church. You understand? I think we ought to be. I think, I think Debbie ought to be knocking microphones down and microphones. Down. Sheree ought to be tossing cameras. It ought, to be, it ought to be wild up in here. Regular. Regular. But the thing is, when that's all you have. Now, is it, is it the Spirit of God? Absolutely. Amen. Listen, that's, that's, why we can have, that's why we can have preachers that are mean as the dickens. Still be anointed. My grandmother was mean. <laughs> anointed. So this preacher... Now he's come up, and this is what he came up under. He starts to get a little bit of notoriety here. You know what he starts doing? The Lord's called you to my church, to these young men. The Lord's called you to my church. God's called you to minister to my needs. And he began to do the same thing. Only he didn't live that long. See, we're coming to the place where we've, we've, got to, we've got to live right. Not because of rules, but because we follow God's spirit in us. And then you know what? As we follow God's spirit in us and the Holy Ghost comes upon us, well, then we, we, we do whatever happens when the Holy Ghost comes on. Now, now here's the thing. Some of you are like, oh, man, I ain't never going to go to none of them churches. No, see, that's not... That's not the deal. You, you, you just have to, you have to follow God's spirit that's in you. You know what? God's spirit in you will help you to discern. 
what you got to be careful about and what you... Listen, if there's anything in you that says, mm, you better listen to your spirit. I don't, care how, I don't care how attracted you are to what a ministry offers, to what it is. that they, Some of you might be like, well, you know, I'm not getting this at my church, but I'm getting it over here. You better listen to your spirit. You better listen to your spirit. Because some of you, some of you, you think you, you, you think you need Fruit Loops. You don't need no Fruit Loops. The Cocoa Puffs are just fine. <laughs> Tired of eating Cocoa Puffs. Well, it'll keep you alive. It'll keep you alive. Too many of us were looking for variety. If you want variety, go different places out to eat every day. <laughs> what is it you was telling me the other day? Dwayne, you know, Dwayne Johnson. Some, any of y'all know Dwayne Johnson? Miss Round ain't even in here. But I'm sure her ears perked up just now. Shede <laughs> Bahaya. Dwayne Johnson. The Rock, right? The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Dude looks good most of the time. I mean, he's pretty, you know, he looks like. <laughs> no, no, he looks good. Over there. You know, he. he... <laughs> yeah. He got abs, you know. I used to have one big ab, but he got, he got. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll show y'all. I got one big ab. It's just... No, no, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dwayne Johnson, uh, Michael was telling me the other day, how long did he eat the same meal every day? For six months, he ate the same thing every day. Every day, the, the exact same thing for six months when he was, uh, when he was doing a movie. 8,000 calories a day, he was eating the same thing every day because he was, he was, he was staying you know, ripped. And that's what, that was what was required. You know, sometimes we don't realize what's required. I need some variety. Well, is that what's required? I mean, is that really what's required? Just do what's required. And how do, you, how do you get that done? Well, you follow the Holy Ghost. Very simple. The Spirit of God in you. Amen. You follow the anointing that's in you. When you follow the anointing that's in you, then, you know, like Jasmine, she got up, she got under the anointing. Shared for this first time sharing, isn't it? Preaching up in here. She shared up here, and man, she was in. She was in there. I was like, come on. Je Listen, I, I pulled over. I'm like, come on now. I, you almost got a shoe. <clears throat> so now, here's the thing. I, it don't matter where her, what her sources were, whatever. You know, because sometimes people are like, well, she just... I, I read that same book because I read that somewhere and she did. That wasn't her. It was, but the anointing. I don't, care, I don't care if she took the book up there and started reading it out of the book. She, she got up under the flow of an anointing. There was an anointing. She knew there was an anointing because she left out of here going, hmm, that felt good. Hmm. Well, listen, yeah. Right? Because that's what happens when you get anointed. When the anointing comes upon you, it's just like, whew, yeah, yeah. Well, you leave out of here, you, you're home in front of the mirror. 
He did something. Because you do. But when you get under that anointing, you get something done. It's powerful. It's explosive. It's expressive. It's in everybody's face. Now, the anointing in you, not so much. It's not, it's not real expressive. You know, when you, when you delete that whole paragraph that in response to a Facebook post because the spirit in you says, no, no, no. There's, there's nobody there going, amen. Woo. There's no Hammond B3. No, it's just the anointing in you. It's just the anointing in you. Someone slips you a note of flattery. You're hot. Meet me over here. <sighs> yeah. Horror of Babylon. <laughs> but, the, but the anointing in you, the anointing in you. Can I tell something on you, Shree? She's like, no. The context that you just came from, no. No, that... <clears throat> Sheree, <clears throat> there's this young man that she met, we met over in Ohio. What was his name? Cullen. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say this. Cullen. Cullen is an evangelist, and he really is an evangelist, Cullen. Well, Cullen, you know, he's not a bad looking dude. I mean, not, not that I'm a good judge of what a good, I mean, I'm, there have been times I said, I said, Annie, you think that guy's, you know, decent looking? She be, well, you know, she ain't, go, she ain't really gonna. She's like, ooh, yuck. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Collins and I, yeah. Well, you know, me being your pastor, I, Shree's like, a, you know, y'all are like my kids. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I tell Shree, I'm like, Shree. I'm like, Cherie. I said, Cherie. You guys might be compatible. Evangelist, evangelist, you know. Well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I watched, I, 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 that's, I love this about Cherie. Cherie's like, well, you know, he ain't, he ain't bad, but... But I, you know what I could see in Sheree? The anointing in her. You know what the anointing in her is telling her? Stay the course. Stay the course. And she's like, no, I listen, I ain't doing that. I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to run hard after Jesus. If he can keep up, well, then maybe. Well, guess what? He didn't keep up. He stumbled right. I mean, the starter pistol went... And he was gone. <laughs> Titus is like, I like him. He's a nice guy. I like him. 
But Shereen, boy, she, listen, she was, she was staying in that course. That anointing will keep you. Even, now, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Shereen, she, she's, she'd like to have a good man, a man that is passionate about evangelism, someone who loves the Lord. But she ain't about to put up with no nonsense. She ain't about to raise her another kid. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no big kid man going to make it with Sharif. Sharif be like, "Mm mm-mm, take your pampers and go. (laughs) So we got to follow the anointing that's in us. The anointing that's in us will lead us to where the anointing will come upon us. And when that anointing comes upon us, we have to be willing to yield to that anointing. Amen. Which is, which is where I believe God's trying to lead us in this hour. That anointing, that anointing came upon some of y'all here already this morning. And, and, and some of y'all, y'all didn't really respond maybe in the way that uh, we will respond in the days to come. But you, you at least recognize. Amen. So did that make things clear as mud? Praise the Lord. Maybe that'll help you. Now, now you say this. You say, so Brother Ziggy, how can someone be anointed and be a deviant? Because when the anointing comes upon you, you know, all, all that's required is that you be available. You, anybody here want to minister healing to sick people? Go to the hospital. If you go to the hospital, the anointing for healing will come on you and you'll minister healing to the sick. It's that simple. It's that simple. You, anybody, anybody want to be anointed to preach the gospel? Go on the streets of Bricktown. Eventually, you're going to get out there. The anointing's going to come on you. It happens every time. You, that, 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 the anointing is required, is necessary to do that. Now, um, do you have to live right for that to happen? No. But you know what? For the anointing in you to work, to lead you in his statutes and watch over his... You won't, that anointing in you will cause you to walk straight, to live right, to resist the devil. To resist the flesh. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God. Stand up all over the place. I almost didn't preach today because it's my birthday. I was going to say, it's my birthday. Y'all can go home. <laughs> now I heard Ayla said she, she thought I might do that. Now I was going to give it to Ayla and say, all right, Ayla, come on, preach. But anyway, that, that's, why, that's why I don't just put everything. Some of y'all may have ability. You may have talent. You may have gifting. You may have all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's, not that, it's not that I'm waiting for y'all to get your life straight before you. Uh, what I'm waiting for is for people to follow the anointing that's in them. When you're following the anointing that's in you, it's not a drudgery to serve the Lord. It's not a drudgery to serve God. It's a joy. And when you get over there and you're serving the Lord with gladness, and the opportunity arises for you to get in a place where the anointing of God will come upon you, ooh, amen. Be like Carolyn getting up here the other day. <laughs> well, Wednesday, Carolyn got up here. She let her rip tater chip. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> sure, you got up here, boy. She let her rip. <laughs> Pastor Annie, man, she get up here. I, I, try, I keep trying to regular get her up there under the flow of the anointing. 
She's like, ah. I'm like, baby, you, you, you want to preach? I'm not ready. I know you're not ready. I didn't say, are you ready? I said, you want to get up there and preach? Well, she'll figure it out one day. It works. The anointing works. Thank God. Well, Father, we thank you today. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands and just tell them thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just let them know how much you love and how much you appreciate him. He's a good God. He loves us. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. By his spirit. <laughs> Some of you about to take journeys in the spirit that you've never taken before. The anointing of God is about to cause you to go places you've never gone before. Do things you've never done before. Say things you've never said before. And see things you have never seen before in the name of Jesus. We're not going to be like those that would use the anointing for their own purpose, for their own desires, but we're going to be numbered with those who follow the Holy Ghost and allow the anointing to work its work in us and through us for His purpose, for His kingdom. For His kingdom. Say that with me. Say, for His kingdom. Not my, not my kingdom, but His kingdom. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. In us. In this little patch of earth. Let it be done in us as it is in heaven. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that's working in us and through us. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that comes upon us. Glory. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now just hang in here with me for a second longer. Come on, let his spirit work with you. Del bere driete de masomo romonde de maradruci. Tondrane de masoporoboca. Tolbara druce prengele gi. Franduna mansandere maradruce drieta. Palsara druce kece. Dunasa pangalanjaya. Donon sombonde de mambreda. Glory. Ederese pandana masse kece de rebus. Ora subongelengengreda. 
You know, there's a scripture that says that it's the anointing that removes burdens, destroys yokes. Remember that? And in that day, the burden will be removed. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Do you know that anointing that it's talking about is the anointing in us? Burdens are removed by the anointing that works in us. Yokes are destroyed. Anytime you've had a burden removed or a yoke destroyed, it wasn't because of an anointing that came upon you. It's because of the anointing that worked within you. That delivered you. That set you free. That took you higher. That took you farther. That brought you to another step in your journey with God. I, I believe there are many of us that are about to be delivered into another place. Amen. Some of you that are wrestled with evil spirits, God's, go, God's about to deliver you. God's about to deliver you from your battle. Now, some of you say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have demons. You may, you, listen, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> some of you wrestle with demons. Not habits. I'm not, I'm not talking about habits. I'm talking about evil spirits. And for too long, the church has allowed that to go on and ignored it. Like God's people don't have wrestling matches with evil spirits. Like there's nothing we can do about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, some of you about to be delivered from a bad spirit. Some of you about to be delivered from a bad spirit. Spirits that you've been wrestling with. Demons that have tried to take up residence in your house. Demons that have tried to take up residence in your life and the spirit of God by the anointing of the spirit of God the burden is going to be removed and the yoke is going to be destroyed in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name le frendere maradruse kele se predria boy I feel like it's happening right now for some of y'all see the devil is shaking right now freaking out like, wait a minute, have I been exposed? Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Have, have, have. have I been revealed? Yes, you've been revealed by the Spirit of God. And I declare in the name of Jesus that every evil spirit that tries to operate against God's people in this house, we bind it in Jesus' name. We recognize that this would not be allowed in heaven. And if it's not allowed there, we don't allow it here. And so, Lord, I thank you that today burdens are being removed and yokes are being destroyed. Devil, we bind you in Jesus' name. And we command you to take your hands off of God's people right now. Take your hands off in Jesus' name. Depression. Broken in the name of Jesus. Anxiety. Broken in the name of Jesus. Poor self-worth. Broken in the name of Jesus. Insecurity. Broken in Jesus' name. That'll not take top. That will not take the top place in our lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that today. Freedom reigns in this place. Freedom reigns in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Man, how many of you all love the Lord today? Boy, I appreciate God. I appreciate the Lord and all that he's done for us. 
Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God. Well, did this help anybody here today? Praise the Lord. I realize that it's a subject that we cover regularly, but it's a subject that we need to have a clearer understanding of. If you have questions about this particular subject, I'm going to give you an opportunity on Wednesday, this Wednesday, to uh, come ask your questions. So write them down. Um, we'll continue uh, on the uh, gifts and ministries of the Spirit. And uh, I'm believing that the Lord's going to do great things this week in and through us. Amen. Karen, it's so good to see you. We love you. We love you, man. We sure have missed you. Uh, you're awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Listen, I love y'all. I appreciate you. I'm going to turn you loose here today, but uh, uh, go in his presence today. If you absolutely need prayer today, um, Tyler, Ayla, will you come? And uh, I want Tyler and Ayla to come and, and <clears throat> they're going to pray with some of you. Is anyone else? Come on, Sister Joyce, come and Tyler and Ayla will pray with you. Is anyone else that needs prayer today? Anyone else that needs, uh, if you need prayer, we'll certainly pray for you.